Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Good word, man. Woo! Okay. Well, let's just dive into it because that um, um, first verse actually was the one I wanted to start with that Jason shared. Um, it says, one day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer. I like that. Just to point out, he's a young armor bearer, okay? You got a lot of old wise guys, and, uh, you know, they need to get in the game too sometimes. And, but specifically, this was his young armor bearer. Come, let's go over to the Philistine, Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. So why didn't t- us... Um, why didn't Jonathan tell his father Saul? Well, it could have been several reasons. It could have been that he knew that Saul wasn't being obedient to the Lord, and this was evidence of that. Samuel came and rebuked Saul because he wasn't following the Lord's orders. So chances were he was around, too, because he'd be close to his father when he heard that. Um, he loses, I mentioned before, that he had lost control of his troops. They're outnumbered and they're hiding. And to boot, the men are without weapons. It actually, if you read, I think it's two chapters before that, it says even um, it, uh, there was one point in time where just the king, where Saul and Jonathan only had weapons. Like, that's how bad it was, right? And so the Israelites had to uh, ask God for a king again, even though God, the Lord, was their, their king. And so Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. So the, the first point I want to talk about is the invitation, the invitation to engage, the invitation to engage, right? So I don't know who's been inviting you to engage lately or where you've invited, been invited to go lately, but despite what was going on between um, his father and the Lord, Jonathan knew he still had a job to do, okay? He knew he still had a job to do. He knew they were called to defeat the Philistines, and they were called to take them out. And it takes faith in the Lord if we're going to win the fight. So that should be in your blanks. It takes faith where? In the Lord if we're going to win the fight. The truth is you you can't take everyone into battle either, can you? A similar thing happened uh, with Gideon, right? He had 32,000 men, and God uh, dwindled it down to 300 men. Why? So God would get the glory. So he would get the glory. I like the, in, if you read the story of Gideon, one of the first things was, okay, tell, tell all the men, tell the army, if anyone uh, doesn't want to fight or there's any fear about fighting, they can go, boom, 22,000 leave. <laughs> it's like, let's just get the fear out. Come on. Let's get, I'm going to build this thing on faith, not with fear. So get the doubt out, get the fear out. Let's go. Um, but the Lord led me to Matthew twenty two fourteen, which says, for many are called, but few are chosen right? And like the parable of the wedding banquet, that's the context of it. There's a wedding banquet talking about the kingdom of God, that we need to be ready. We need to be ready. And he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So they got the invitation. All these servants got the invitation, but they didn't come. And the same thing when we're fighting battles, you know, the honest truth is not everyone is ready for battle, right? We talk about the, what seems like the, the simple thing to put on the full armor of God daily. A lot of times we forget we're even in a battle. 
Not, not against flesh and blood, like, like James had said, but against principalities, we're taught to put on the, the spiritual armor. Ephesians 6 says the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, and the hands of shield of faith and the sword of spirit. You know, so there's, there's men that aren't even ready for battle, right? They like the idea of war, but they're not ready for war. Woo! Come on, right? They haven't even gone through training yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, they like the idea of wearing a uniform. They like the idea of, of what it looks like, you know, that oh, I'm going to get all the ladies, you know, but then they have to actually go to battle. You know, there's, there's difference between warriors or there's difference between the, 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 the Boy Scout and the Marine. And that's their, not their willingness and their readiness to go to battle, right? And so uh, in verse th- uh, uh, 3, just like Jonathan's armor bearer, We've all been invited to engage in the Lord's work. We've all been invited, right? So uh, verse 3, sorry, of Matthew there in the story of the, of the banquet, everyone was invited. We've all been invited to engage in the Lord's work, in the calling, in the Great Commission. But he's after men whose hearts are fully devoted. That's who he wants. Right? If you're going to win a war, you've got to be fully in mind, body, will, soul. You've got to be fully devoted and dedicated uh, to, to, our, to our instructions and what we're called to do. But again, so he's after us men whose hearts will be fully devoted. He's always after our heart. That's what he's been after. You know what? The Lord didn't even need the army, the Israelite army, to defeat the Philistines. Because if you look in chapter 4, the Ark of the Covenant gets captured. He allows the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, to go into the enemy's camp. And what happens? They all just start dropping like flies because it causes a plague to happen on them. Like, he can, like, I can do it. With or without you, I can do this. I want to do this with you, through you, for you. Like, the Lord can snap his fingers, speak it, and it can be done. But but he, he loves us enough, and he wants to use us, and he wants to build our faith. He wants to build our courage, and he wants to, to, to call out of us what he put inside of us a long time ago, and that is that we are called to be men of valor. Thank you for that, Jonathan, for that clap. He wants, so he wants to, he, he wants to take you places, and he wants you to experience breakthroughs and blessings if your heart is for him, if your heart is fully for him, seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto you. We heard Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and then your, 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 your path will be made straight, right? He wants you to know, um, one, you can count on him, but can he count on you? You can always count on the Lord. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, but, but what he wants to say to you today, men, is can he count on you? Can he count on you? In, in uh, verse 2, Saul was staying on the outskirts under the pomegranate tree, and with him were about 600 men. I'm thinking there's no way they all fit underneath that tree, right? It's probably Saul and a few close guys that, you'll, that we read about in the Scripture here that were actually were under the tree, and then they're surrounded by 600 men. What a silly sight that must have been, you know? But anyway, I want to talk about um, assembling by association. That's your next one. Assembling by association. Okay? We can, we, we've heard guilty by association, right? So we can be guilty by association, or we can choose to be great by godly association. Ooh. Come on. One's by default, one's by design. The design was always to be... Uh, 
uh, chosen to be associated with God, to be in relationship with God, to do his will, to do his works, and to receive the blessing that he had for us. So what are the people you associate with the most known for right now? Just think about it for a moment. I'm not, this isn't a, a judgment time. It's, it's never a judgment time, just so you know. This should bring hope, encouragement. Uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit will bring conviction. But think about in this season, think about what are the people you associate, associated with the most known for? Yes, we are called to reach every available person. But don't get trapped or don't get caught in the trap of foolish counsel. Okay. I've seen this lots, and we need that. We need lots of unchurched friends, by the way. I encourage it because, it, you know, we just surround ourselves constantly uh, with just church people. How are we going to reach the unchurched? But there's a difference between friendship and fellowship, right? You've heard my cheesy saying before. I'll say it again. And, you know, picture a little ship that you're about to get into, and you can only pick five fellows, and you're about to go into the ocean, and, the, and these guys, you got to survive the ocean. you got to survive the storms. Who are you going to put in your boat? That's your fellowship. Okay, that's your fellowship because you each got to row. You can't have one guy rowing and the other guys, you, you, you know, not rowing or vice versa, right? And it's just like, well, I'm called to reach all these people. Yeah, you are, but where are you getting fed? Where are you getting your wise counsel? Because you become like the five people you hang around the most. So don't get caught in the trap of foolish counsel because you, you stop leading when you start listening to the wrong advice. I'll say that again. It should be in your notes. You stop leading when you start listening to the wrong advice. That's when you stop leading. Right? Uh, I always encourage our leadership, <laughs> always complain up, never complain down. Right? Because you know what happens then. You start listening to the advice uh, of not wise counsel that will give you comfort. Oh, it's okay. I totally get it. I can't believe they did that to you. Now, you've heard it before. That's not going to help you at all, is it? <laughs> That's not going to build you up. Hey, What you want to hear is, you know what? We're not at war against each other. Come on, brother. You know, what you want to hear is, you know, you need to speak the truth in love. What you want to hear is, you need to go directly to that person, Matthew 18. What you want to hear is, you know what? We're all on the same team. You know, what you want to hear is, uh, one we've been using a lot lately, if anyone tries to, and I don't hear it. I'm really proud of you guys, by the way. But in the workplace, if someone tries to talk down about somebody else in the workplace or gossip, segue with this. Actually, I really like this about that person. Actually, you know what? They do this thing really well. You can, what you look for is what you find. And you can continue to speak to that caterpillar. It'll stay a caterpillar, or you can speak to the butterfly that's in everyone. I mean, that's not a good analogy for us, but not eagle. Speak to the eagle. Don't speak to the chicken, you know, or the turkey. And speak to the chicken, you're probably a turkey. But you need to speak to the eagle because you are an eagle. And you don't see eagles hanging around with chickens, right? You heard that one? Because chickens are just going to peck, peck, peck at your dream all day long and tell you why you can't do it. So anyway, so where are we? Okay, so there are those that need to join the battle that don't really want to be bothered. And that's what's happening in the story here. Saul is confiding and hiding with people that aren't really his friends. Because if they're really his friends, they'd be telling him what he should be doing. And their hearts weren't, weren't willing to go to war. They chose rest over resistance. <laughs> Someone needs to write that down. Am I choosing rest over resistance? Among whom was Ahijah. 
Ahijah was the grandson of Eli. Remember the priest Eli? God said that he would judge Eli's family forever because of their sin. Sins. Eli knew, okay, Eli was this high priest, and he had these rebellious sons. They were no good. They just did whatever they wanted. They took from the sacrifice of those that were coming forward. They would take the best from it. They were sleeping with women at the tent, at the prayer tent, at the meeting tent. They're doing all this stuff, and Eli knows it's going on, and he doesn't do anything about his sons. And where does Samuel come into play? Well, Samuel, the author of the book that we're reading about here, Samuel was a miracle child. His mother, Hannah, couldn't have a baby. So she prayed to the Lord, give me a baby. I will give that baby to you. I'll dedicate that baby to the church. That baby was Samuel. And Samuel grew up in the temple watching Eli, the high priest, not dealing with his sons. And because of that, the sin went on to the family and the next generation and the next generation and so forth. And here you have Eli's grandson sitting around giving advice to Saul. Hello. (laughs) That's why I'm giving you context. But yet Samuel, Samuel stayed true. Samuel stayed obedient through all his years and devoted to the Lord. Even when all this stuff, so Sam, what Samuel didn't do is, is become or make excuses and not make change in his life or not execute. He could have said, well, the father that really raised me didn't take care of his kids or take care of me. So therefore I am. You see that? But he never did that. Actually, the Lord spoke to Samuel one night, and he thought it was Eli, and he kept running back to Eli, and then finally he's like, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that was at a young age, and he carried that on throughout the rest of his life. But here we've got Saul, who isn't listening to Samuel, even though God used Samuel to appoint Saul. This never happens, right? <laughs> But doing nothing, he has committed, by doing nothing, sorry, he has committed treason by staying under the tree. <laughs> you like that? He's committing treason by staying under the tree. But you, you, you can't um, overthrow God's government. I'm sorry. You can't overthrow God's government, even if you commit treason by hanging out underneath a tree. So, <laughs> you like that? Who we hang around with is who we become. Would you say that you're hanging around godly men that are getting results or resting with other men that don't want to be bothered? You can't win a battle if you don't want to be bothered. I don't know. That's what the Lord put on my heart. Uh, Verse 7 and 8. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you heart and soul. Jonathan said, come on then, we will cross over towards them and let them see us. (laughs) I love it. God is calling you out. The third point is, let's talk about commitment. Commitment to cross over. Commitment to cross over. It's going to take commitment if you're going to cross over. I love the armor bearer's response. Do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. That's a hard one. 
That's a hard one. That's trust. That's trusting seriously. That's trusting not just in the Lord, but trusting in who the Lord has appointed. I'm with you. All that you have in mind, I'm with you. Heart and soul, I am with you. Lord, I am with you. I am with your men. Heart and soul, Lord, we are doing this together. There are many times when you may ask to go into battle and step out when others won't. In the workplace, (laughs) at home, oh yeah, and at church. Don't get caught in that comparison trap at the workplace. What I love about you men is hearing stories when if there's other men in the workplace that are complaining about their spouse, your your spouses, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. My wife is amazing. Shuts them down right away. Shut, shuts the devil up right away. Shuts Satan up, doesn't it? Well, I won't bother complaining around Rick then, <laughs> right? But eventually, they're going to want what Rick's got. Because after a while, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And hearing the same old thing, if it ain't building you up, it ain't encouraging you, you want to go. You know, people are not attracted to, what's the word I'm looking for? Strife. They're not, they're not attracted to strife. They, they, they want to go where, where, where they see fruit, right? They get that everywhere else. They get negativity everywhere else. What makes you different? And so there's always, there's always a battle and there's always an opportunity to, to step up when others won't. And it's a huge honor. And rarely when you get the call, is it ever convenient? <laughs> Come on. And all the people are laughing understand. Rarely when you get the call, is it convenient? I've had a lot of opportunities, and I get a lot of opportunities to go to war weekly, by the way. And a lot of the times they're not my plans to go to, 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 go to war. They're the Lord's plans. But it's like, it, it's, am I ready and willing and able? Am I ready to go if I'm going to be sent, if I'm called upon? Well, that means I got to be prayed up. I got to be worshiped up. I got to be, I got to be in the word. Or am I ready? And then is my heart ready? You know, will I, will I go even when it's not convenient? I've gotten many calls to go speak, share, travel, and even lead when others won't. And I would say there's been a lot of opportunities where I've stepped in where there's been more qualified men that could have stepped in and done the job, but it wasn't convenient for them to answer the call. And there are mantles being dropped everywhere, just waiting for you to pick them up. Happened with David and Goliath. Matt's like, Saul dropped that mantle big time. And I have found if, if I don't go, guess what? The Lord is going to bless and use somebody else. I miss out. Everybody loves the idea of victory but very few will actually go to war. So I, I got to say, though, I love this brotherhood. This is different. Say, we are different. I am different. Because there's been many times, and there's a lot of brothers in the room, where you know I've called on you last minute. Last minute, and you answer the call. Sometimes it means preparing the fort. It means digging trenches. Or pulling out the roots of trees with a four by four, (laughs) right? 
It, remo- it might mean removing old obstacles that are in the way, like an old shed. Or other times it's going to Ruth and Naomi's mission, the Joshua house, or, or speaking, or, or getting the call last minute to go speak and share your testimony at a kid's camp. It's never convenient. It's being invited to cross over by joining our men's group or gathering together in prayer 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. It's never convenient, is it? <laughs> it's being invited to, uh, to join the front line, to serve on the serve team, on the host team, on the security team, and most importantly, on our family ministry team. never convenient. He says, come on then. We will cross over towards them and let them see us. Would you guys stand with me? I want to challenge you if you would be committed to crossing over with me by answering the call. Can I count on you? Can I count on you? Because God is on the move. And man, this is an exciting time to be about, you know, 27 men today on a Sunday morning. Give yourself a round of applause. Majority of men are sleeping in right now. They're sleeping in and they're missing out on what, on the word that God had for them today. But not you. Say, not I. Right? And there'll be many more men. And the takeaway I have for us is committed to crossing over by answering God's call Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.